This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, good morning and welcome to Open for Business, the show that dives into the journeys and ventures of entrepreneurs and business leaders. This morning on the show, Rafik Hidayat, Managing Director of Wealth Vantage Advisory, as well as Etam Idris, Director at Wealth Vantage Advisory. Now, the financial planning firm has grown considerably over the last few years. Between 2015 and 2022, the number of financial planning firms increased by 42%, from 31 firms to 44 firms as at the end of 2022, while the number of licensed representatives grew by 145% over the same period to 1,455. That said, are firms keeping up with with the times given the rise of digital tools and AI-powered solutions? Today on Open for Business, I speak to Wealth Vantage Advisories Rafik Hidayat and Idham Idris about the business of financial planning and what it needs to do to keep up with the times. We will explore the reasons behind the starting of this relatively new firm, how they are addressing criticisms of the industry, and whether there's still more growth in this business. Rafik, Idham, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us, Roshan. Thank you, Roshan. Uh, gents, it is a different dynamic. Uh, usually, I think in the past when we've spoken, it's always personal finance related. <laughs> Back in the good old days when I used to do Ringgit and Sense, today we're talking about uh, a different kind of Ringgit and Sense, I guess, the Ringgit and Sense of your business. Um, as mentioned, this is a relatively new firm. If I'm not mistaken, uh, the ideation and the business building started around 2016, 2017. So around seven, eight years old now, just in time to enter Standard 1 or Standard 2 at this point. Um, for comparison, I spoke to Whitman Independent Advisors, Yap Ming Hui, a few months back, and uh, his firm has been around for like 24 years, right? So legacy business, been around for a long time. Um, when y'all started this business, what was it that you saw as the market gap? And what did you want to tackle by building Wealth Vantage Advisory? Okay. Um, for me personally, I wanted to do what I call full financial planning or holistic financial planning. And from observing the market at that point of time, the firms that were available weren't fully ready for to provide the services. I'm not saying that they didn't provide, but it was scattered. So then uh, that's when I was looking out and I found my co-founders, Idham and Sam. We sat down, we discussed and said, okay, let's let's do this. Let's do this. And in the end, we decided, okay, let's set up Advantage Advisory back then. What, what was the reason, I guess, that you wanted to do this, uh, this focus on the holistic, comprehensive financial planning, Rafik? Um, I think I think for me personally, um, the story of where where I found out about financial planning isn't that uh, long ago. Actually, when I was working in my previous company, um, and I was thinking, I was trying, I was doing soul searching. I was looking for what I was going to do next. So I was thinking, thinking, but I couldn't find what I was going to do next. And I was, I was thinking of going back to work overseas to do consulting, etc. But while I was looking, something happened. Uh, I overheard a group of senior executives in the company that I was in talking about that they didn't have enough in terms of their finances. Mm. And being the person who signs off their employment letters. <laughs> so I know how much they were earning. And believe me, it should be more than enough. So then I did what I'm not sure whether most people would do. I stopped them for about a week 
to see how they were spending their money because I'm I'm very careful with my my own my own money I, and people know me as somebody who manages my money really well. So after watching them for a week, so then uh, got the answer. So it was their lifestyle. They didn't go to eat at food courts. It was always at places where there's air conditioning. So you know it's not going to be cheap. So they were using the newest handphones. They were driving more expensive cars. At that point, I think it was 2012, I was still driving my Kalisa that I bought in 2004. Okay. Wow. There are stories about that also, which we can share. <laughs> yeah, but uh, after, after that, then after that one week, so I approached them. I said, okay, sorry, I overheard you talking about one week ago. And I overheard that you said that you weren't making enough money, things like that. So if I were to share with you how you can manage your finances better, would you be interested? They say yes. So being part of the management, I didn't ask for any approvals. I set up a session and just send email to all employees, not expecting a lot of people to show up. About 40 something percent of the company showed up for the session. And the session went from one and a half hours to about three and a half hours. So people were just bombarding me with questions after questions after questions. By the end of the session, one of the uh, executives that I stalked early on came to me and said, hey, thanks for sharing this. This is the first time somebody has shared this with me. And I think this is a very good thing and you should continue doing it. So that was my Eureka moment. And I started doing research. Then I found out about this thing called CFP at the point mm. of time. So that's that's how I that's how I started. That's the the, the snowball that became an avalanche in time. Yes, um, and it also sounds like you kind of already um, did a little bit of market research there and then. Yes, <laughs> you, you had a captive audience of uh, corporate people that yeah. you could put together, which is kind of the target market, I guess, for financial planning services. Uh, and you saw that there was interest. Now, whether that could be monetized is a separate issue, and we'll talk about that a little later, Rafing. Uh, Itam, you were already in the financial services industry. Uh, you were in insurance and unit trust, if I'm not mistaken, similar to Sam. Um, what, I guess, drew you to what Rafik was doing here? Or I guess, how did you guys meet and start Wealth Vantage Advisory? Uh, I think at, I've, I started becoming a unit trust consultant around 2003, right? And I think after 10 years in the business, and during that time, I already got my uh, insurance license and all that. Um, I have clients who were with me for many, many years, right? 10 years, 11, 12 years. And, you know, I they, they keep coming back to me with questions other than what I can provide to them, like the unit trust funds or insurance <laughs> products or things like that. So they're asking questions like, do you think, you know, I should get this loan? Or, or what do you how do I plan for my uh, children's education? Where do I save my money? You know, um, I have this money sitting around, you know, how much should I put aside? So all this while I've been giving like, um, you know, general advice, yeah? but it's not really um, the best way to do it, I would say. And at that time, I didn't really have the knowledge. So similar to Rafik, I went online and Googled, <laughs> uh, you know, what is this like financial planning, right? I keep hearing people people saying about uh, the business of financial, or at least doing financial planning, how other countries are doing it. And then found out about the certification, the SCFP and RFP. So I think for me, it's taking that next step to just upgrade my knowledge so that I can provide 
better service for my clients. But then after getting the certification is where I found out that, oh, actually there's an, another level to this is where you can actually set up your own firm and provide uh, these kind of services that the clients are looking for. And, and I think that's where, you know, um, when I talked to Sam and we also got to know about Rafik that we found out that we had similar values in terms of what we wanted to to pursue and and you know achieve for 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 Malaysians out there and you know uh, I think that's where it all started so there was this common ground uh, how did you take this common ground and then turn it into a financial planning firm so when we first started I think um, it started actually with with Sam Right, and Sam wanted to see whether is there a better way to service clients, mm. right? Is there a better way to uh, provide better advice? So we started with what we call need-based uh, product recommendations, you know. So rather than you know just going out and meeting clients and just promoting the latest and greatest, we just focus on you know doing really uh, doing proper calculations. Well, that's what we call need-based, right? And then from there, we sort of felt that, okay, a lot of people uh, need this kind of um, service. So we tried to train our, our team members at that time, right, at the agency. And and from there, um, only a few, like, took mm. a liking to it and, you know, felt that it's something that can help them move move forward. Uh, but from uh, but then when we met Rafik is when we thought about, hey, why don't we just set up a proper structure and, and put in place a proper, how to say, service, right? A service offering, a financial planning service, right? But still, at the time, we were still, like, trying to figure out, like, how do we do this? Because, to be honest, we didn't really have a proper, like, a template. There's mm. theories, right, it, that we learn in CFP or RFP classes or anything like that, and maybe what other firms are doing. But it's just uh, theories, you know? So, in fact, what happened was... I was on holiday uh, in in Perth uh, and and met up with one of my uh, relatives there, my my wife's relatives. We were just there visiting. It was on holiday. We were, we were not, no plans to talk about <laughs> business or anything like that, right? And uh, she was one of the senior management for one of the financial advisory firms in Australia. So I, you know, on that day after, it was during Puasa month. So after Puasa, you know, uh, after breakfast, you know, I started to bombard her with all these <laughs> questions, right? You know, how does it work here? What, what do you do? Like, how does it work? What's the structure? What's, you know? And then that's when I came back and, you know, start to talk to, to Rafi and say, you know, maybe this is viable. This whatever that, you know, other, other places are, are doing, like in Australia, in Singapore, in US, is definitely a model that we can, you know, try to emulate here in Malaysia. And I think that was the genesis of, of, of how everything I mean to be fair we, they, we there's a lot of contextual thing that we needed to add mm. in you know in Malaysia especially you know how Malaysians approach financial planning of course you cannot compare to other countries and all, all that but I think with the knowledge that we have uh, and especially with um, how we were allowing ourselves to to experience you know what is financial planning supposed to be in Malaysia you know of course there's an evolution to that but I think at that time we sort of got lucky in terms of 
um, having a model that we were trying to look at and say, okay, that that's a working model. How do we work, make it work here in Malaysia? Uh, Rafiq, you know, yeah, we've got to go into a few messages. When we come back, we'll talk more about that model and the challenges, I guess, of um, moving away from what is largely a commission-driven uh, agency mentality to the comprehensive financial planning model. Folks, I'm speaking with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafiq Hidayat and Itam Idris. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan Karnison. You're listening to Open for Business. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Because friends matter. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBully.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kanesan and this morning I'm in conversation with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafa Hidayat and Idham Idris. Earlier, uh, Idham, you were talking to us a little bit about this Eureka moment when you went uh, overseas and started learning about how the Australian financial advisory model looked like and uh, came back home, had a chat with Rafiq and Sam in terms of how we could adapt that with the Malaysian context, of course. Now, one of the biggest challenges uh, in the financial planning scene here is this uh, commission-driven agency mentality and model that is the baseline of how financial planning has been applied over the last few decades. Um, you've built your firm to step away from that and focus on comprehensive financial planning. Uh, but a firm is more than just three of you. You've had to hire people and build talent. Um, was it difficult to move away from that mentality and model? Mm. I wouldn't say it's easy, <laughs> um, but I think for the three of us at that point of time, we were clear with what we wanted to do. Okay, uh, I remember back in 2018 when we just got our license from SE, and that year, uh, uh, the Financial Planning Association actually asked me to become one of the panel speakers. I was like, okay, we just started, so what I'm going to talk about. So then they told me, oh yeah, uh, because you're one of the few firms that actually practices fee-based uh, advisory. So okay, uh, interesting. So I <laughs> uh, went there, uh, had the, basically went on the panel, had the questions, and I remember what I said at that point of time, which is still relevant to today, is, is actually not the fact that Malaysians are not ready for financial planners. It's the financial planners that are not ready to charge their fees. Mm. And I'm, I stand by that statement until today because even like this morning, uh, I was having chat with some of our new financial planners. So they were asking me with regards to uh, do Malaysians want to pay for the professional fees? And I say, yeah, we don't have any issues since we started. Like, Even though at that point of time, the plans, the processes, the systems that we have are not as cost comprehensive as we had it today. We started, I think, without we charged without having a proper report. Then sometime in 2000, late 2018, we started having the report just a few pages. So now our report is more comprehensive. It's like for an individual, it comes out to about 30 something to 40 pages. Mm. So it means that we're adding more and more information content to make it uh, more holistic so things have changed so and uh, to your to your question just now so how do we make sure the others uh, within the firm actually follows uh, our vision 
Uh, first is that we actually have a very stringent recruitment process. Uh, people can apply, but doesn't mean we take you in. Mm. So it's it's a bit weird. It's it's different than most other firms uh, that would take anyone who wants to potentially sign up. Uh, but we don't. Uh, we will interview like how somebody would interview for a job where they get salary, but these guys don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then uh, because of that, some people drop off. They do not want to go through the rigor. And then when they come in, they will still be going through a probation where they can't go out and do financial planning on their own. So they would be assigned a coach to go with them to make sure that they do the right things and basically then to internally certify that they are ready to be independent. So those are some of the ways that of the things that we do in Wealthvantage to ensure that we have like-minded people like how we would want it to be. And that's particularly interesting, right? Given that the uh, the financial planning model is uh, essentially a revenue share. The firm, uh, the, the planners earn a fee, but there's a split between how much the planner takes and how much the firm takes because of the shared services and the branding, I guess, and the franchise value. Um, so it's not that you're applying for a job that's salaried. You're actually going in and you're going to have to make your own revenue. Uh, so it's an interesting approach that you've taken. But I guess given the... The vision that you uh, that you three started with it fits with that, but has it been difficult then to recruit and grow the business because ultimately the business uh, scales with the number of planners that you have. Um, we do interview a lot of people, a lot, of pe- uh, so we do get uh, prospects coming in, uh, applying. You know, we do a lot of adverts, we do career webinars, things like that, uh, but. I think uh, at the end of the day, what we want is people who share our values. That's very, very important because if they are able to work or at least um, understand where we're coming from in terms of what we want to offer for our clients, they, they're willing to go through that, mm-hmm. you know, that pain, I would say, uh, in, in building up the business. Because, it, I mean, a lot of us like, uh, like me, Sam, Rafik, you know, when we started, we had a very, very strong desire of, you know, doing the right thing. I, I mean, for lack of a <laughs> for lack of a better term, right? Uh, uh, making sure that we're doing the right things. I mean, what kind of service that we can give to our clients that will make them say, "Wow, this is what financial planning is all about," and and. We're looking for those kind of people, those kind of advisors that really want to give the best to their clients, you know, uh, and making sure that they're able to recommend the best service, the best product, solutions, whatever. Yeah. So, yes, it has been difficult, uh, but I'm proud to say that, you know, people that come in are people that we really, you know, want them in, you know, rather than. Uh, any Tom, Dick and Harry. In fact, one of our recruitment uh, stages that we go through, you know, when we talk to our, our candidates is that uh, feel, please feel free to go to other firms, you yeah. know, and uh, interview with them before you come back to us. So at least we know that, you know, even after they've gone through and come come back to us means that we're the... With the form of choice, basically. <laughs> um, could you guys break down for us the business model 
of financial planning firms, right? Because I know there are there are lots of different kinds of fees and commissions and revenue streams that go that are that are in play. Um, what are the typical streams or the key streams, revenue streams for wealth vantage advisory? Mm, okay, so uh, obviously there's the professional fees yeah. uh, that the clients pay for the professional services that we provide. Uh, there would be uh, income due to investment, which can be from upfront sales charges, uh, trailer fees or rep or management fees. You will have the commissions from insurance or Takafu products. Uh, you will also have sharing uh, commission from uh, the wealth transfer products, so your will, wasiat, trust, so on and so forth. Uh, some firms will have training as part of their income, so we do. We are HRD certified uh, company, so that's one of our uh, income income streams. Um, we also do uh, advisory for businesses. Oh. Uh, it's something that we don't really market because uh, the right now basically it's just me alone <laughs> <laughs> because I used to be a management consultant and I've had experiences with regards to that. And even though when I started uh, with Wellvantage, I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> but then I found out that entrepreneurs, clients who are business owners, uh, who they are looking for help. So because they are looking for help, but they do not know what is their problem. So then they've tried coaches, they've tried uh, accountants, they've tried company secretaries, and they say, okay, they're not helping. So they say, okay, oh, this financial planner, let's see whether the financial planner can help. But then uh, if the financial planner is just looking on their personal side, you're not solving the problem you also need to look at their business side mm -hmm. because their business is where their income comes from. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at both sides. You need to be able to separate what is personal and what is business, things like that. Then you can start solving the problem. And once the problem is solved, then the personal starts becoming better. So it's not something that we started out wanting to do, but it's something that we ended up doing and we're getting requests even though we're not marketing it. So apart from that, we do have some commissions from other parties or referrals, things like that. Yeah, but that's about it in terms of the income. Which is the biggest revenue, the professional fees? Uh, the two, I think the two biggest contributors for us would be the professional fees, uh, which technically accounts for 30-something percent, 35% of our annual revenue. And then the investment-related fees, which is about 40%. So those two actually accounts for 75% of our revenue. Folks, I'm speaking with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafik Hidayat and Idham Hidris. We're going into the 10.30am news bulletin. When we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the future of Wealth Vantage Advisory as well as the strategy ahead. I'm Roshan Kanesan. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by BossBolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Books, figurines, movies. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Open for Business is powered by BossBolly.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kurnison and this morning I've been getting into the business of financial planning with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafik Hidayat and Idam Idris. 
Gentlemen, the two of you and Sam have been on this journey for now seven, eight years, I think. Could you give us a sense for where the firm is in terms of size, right? Whether it's the number of clients, the number of FPs, or even the assets under management. What can you tell us in terms of show us um, how far you've come? Um, okay, uh, I think I would consider us a what maybe a medium-sized financial planning firm in mm. Malaysia from a size point of view. I'm not sure about revenue point of view where we are, but we would be probably within... Uh, we're, we're not as big as some of the other firms uh, who have more financial planners, but right now we I think we're at about 40 to 45 like, uh, planners. planners slash advisors that are with us. The reason why I'm using it because some of them are still undergoing their certification, so they are not licensed yet. Uh, so uh, that uh, in terms of we have what 20 something staff because I think we have one of the bigger support services mm -hmm. in the financial planning industry in Malaysia and that is our unique selling proposition to new financial planners so you come into WVA and we will help expedite your scaling up of your business so that you don't have to worry about it. the only thing that you have to worry about is finding your prospects clients and managing, managing them well um, I think I'm not that open to sharing about our AUM <laughs> so not about that but, but still early days for you guys in that sense uh, I would say for us uh, yes even though like 7 to 8 years sounds like a long time right? Mm -hmm. uh, but we are still I think at the first phase of we, we just ended the first phase of our uh, development so we're actually now we're going into our expansion phase so we've been um, more active in the searching of new financial planners, which uh, Idham is in charge of. So we have like uh, regular like sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, we have like almost now we have about monthly onboarding sessions with new financial planners, etc. So we're growing uh, very rapidly. Uh, this year we're targeting about forty new financial planners, and next year we're targeting eighty new ones. So we are hoping that by end of 2026, we get to close to 300 new financial planners because we feel that we've already had the foundation uh, that we need to put in. We just completed our CRM system last year. So it's fully functional, things like that. Uh, we've already uh, completed our flagship uh, modules in terms of trainings for our advisors, uh, our coaching with coaching framework. We identified what were the issues and we've plugged the holes. So I think we are ready to expand. So we hope to uh, get back on track because obviously MCO mm -hmm. did uh, put a damper on our growth. So we hope that uh, with uh, all the plans that we put in, we could get to the end of our second phase uh, before we like really go all out to potentially expanding even if let's say possible to the region and so on and so forth. So the aim is by the end of 26 or 25, 300 planners? End of 2026. End of 2026. Uh, and with this, uh, I presume revenue growth is going to be a key aim of that because the more planners means the more revenue that can be potentially generated. Um, Rafik, is there any, could you give us a sense in terms of the kind of revenue that's generated at uh, Wealth Vantage? If you're not comfortable giving us the exact number, whether you're uh, at the seven figure going to eight figure range, eight going to nine, or just your growth rate over the last few years. In the past few years, we've been growing about 8 to 10% mm -hmm. uh, from 2021. Uh, we 
but compared to our initial growth years that we were growing about 50%, 60% mm-hmm. per annum. So, because I think I think when we were starting out, like uh, what Idham said earlier, we technically, well, I wouldn't say that we were winging it, but <laughs> we didn't really have a clear model that we were following. Mm-hmm. So, we had some uh, guidance from uh, Idham's relative in Australia, but it wasn't like she was like really mentoring us. So she said, okay, so we shared our big picture. This is what we want to do, things like that. So she said, okay, you're, going to, you're on the right trajectory. Okay. So, and like we started, like we didn't, uh, we had a fact-finding tool. We didn't have a, a financial plan template. We didn't have the training module. So we had to build the training modules. We didn't have a coaching framework. We had to build a coaching framework, things like that. And at the start, we were not, as stringent in terms of recruitment, whoever that wanted to come in, we accepted. Okay, so that was some upper growing pains. Mm-hmm. Okay, then I think in 2021, uh, we realized, okay, we needed to make a change. So we did a restructuring at that point of time in terms of what we do. And we actually reduced in terms of our number of financial planners at that point of time. We consolidated. So, and we didn't, we didn't go out to recruit anyone in 2021 because we wanted to get everything in place. So then we believe we had things in place. So 2022, we started recruiting, but similar with most things when you stop, the initial stops you from <laughs> uh, moving. So it, it only got to the, like, I think the last quarter, 22, when people started applying and wanting to join. But 2023 was a good year in terms yeah. of recruitment. We, we had a... A bigger, our biggest recruitment numbers to date, I think, what, total 15 or 16 came in, but I think 100, about 100 something applied. So, and this year we started off quite okay. So we had our first three joining in for January. Mm-hmm. So we are on track, hopefully, to get to 40 by year end. Uh, with the new recruits coming in, uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a lag effect as well in terms of they need to start onboarding their own clients, generating sales. But uh, by the end of 2026 or early 2027, what kind of growth rate are you expecting uh, from here on out? Mm, from this point mm-hmm. until end of 2026, it's probably aims? about uh, 20x. Mm-hmm. That's 20x growth in the next two years based on the recruitment trajectory. 2024, 2025, about mm. three years. About three years. Yeah, but I think to be fair, we had to set up a lot of fundamental stuff mm. in put, put into yeah. place, right? Like, like Rafiq was mentioning the coaching framework, the the financial planning process, in fact, mm. the, the flow, um, the support that we give with our para planners. You know, I think we are one of the very few firms that have in-house CFPs and IFPs that work with the financial planners, you know, new financial planners to come up with the reports. Like if you compare with maybe some, uh, you know, what we what we hear is that, you know, when you become a financial planner, it's like free for all. Everybody mm-hmm. does their own thing. Like, Based on what they learn yeah, in CFP. Yeah, solopreneur, you just report back to the firm, that's Correct. Like hunt, hunt what you eat, that sort of thing. Yeah, so so I mean, the way that we do things is that we have a very structured process in terms of helping new planners coming in and immediately practice. I think that's yeah. one of our, I would say, key uh, selling, uh, unique selling proposition, you know, if people were to consider us. Because having that support is so, so important for you to, you know, yeah 
practice what mm. you learn in the in the <laughs> firm. We actually put things from theory into into practice, yeah. and I think that's one of our key accomplishments, like key achievements. Yeah, I think I think to just add on to that. So because uh, Roshan, you you asked about. Um, there's a lag time mm-hmm. okay so to be honest I don't believe in that okay uh, because I think we've built in the uh, as what Idha mentioned with the support. sales flow the support things like that uh, we had uh, two of the financial planners who joined in 2023 so one was a licensed financial planner from a different firm who had three years experience but was struggling uh, at the previous firm and we had one who came in fresh from corporate Mm. Okay, both were the top performers in their respective group last year. So they both got actually 20 new paying advisory paying clients. Wow. Within within the first year. So it's possible. It's possible. So I I, I, I tell this to the financial planners in our firm. I said the firm is here to go as fast as you want to go. Okay, uh, I think like it was like last year we used this um, phrase like okay, so we are looking we 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 have the F one cars ready. We're just looking for the drivers. You've built this scalable, supportive base that now you just need the F1 drivers to step into it. Yes. Um, all right. Whether it's a, a Red Bull or a, a Mercedes, we'll, we'll find out later <laughs> on. Malaysia, Malaysia. Generally, we've got to go into one more ad break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the, I guess, some of the strategies to drive growth. I think recruitment is a key part of that, but also what the future of WVA looks like. Folks, I've been speaking with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafik Hidal. And Idam Idris. I'm Roshan Kunison. You're listening to Open for Business. We'll be back in just a bit, so keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business will reopen in a few moments. Powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. Bulldozing fine measures. BFM 89.9, the business station. Open for Business is powered by Bosbole.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kandesan and this morning I'm speaking with Wealth Vantage Advisories, Rafik Hidayat and Hidam Hidris. Um, we were talking earlier about the importance of recruitment and the growth that you're looking ahead. You've built this scalable, supportive uh, machinery over at WBA, and uh, which you say is able to support your recruitment efforts going forward. Because for financial planning firms, recruitment is really what drives growth going forward. Um, what else do you see as growth drivers for double uh, for wealth advantage advisory in the next few years outside recruitment? Uh, the financial planning business itself, honestly, mm. because it's such a blue ocean. I mean, another cliche, <laughs> <laughs> but but it is like a, a lot of people are just looking for this kind of service. I mean, we hear it all the time, mm-hmm. and that's why we're so confident in terms of you know when new recruits coming in, they're asking questions like you know, is there people willing to pay? Every day, <laughs> right? We get increased every day. People needing help to manage their, to help them, you know, go through their finances. It's not necessarily get, you know, wanting to buy products or anything. They just need advice, right? So this general advice is is where people are wanting somebody who is independent, somebody who is uh, non biased, who can look at things objectively, who goes through their financial. So this is a really, really strong, I would say, growth area. Uh, for the firm and and the reason why we're recruiting is because 
there's not enough financial <laughs> planners doing this, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, we're nowhere near the limit. Honestly, I I feel that's 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 how I look at it. Yeah, you know, we're living in a time of uh, generative AI, right? And um, uh, but before before that, we already had uh, fintech coming into the picture with digital uh, financial planning tools and wealth advisory, uh, digital wealth planning, all these different tools coming into play. Um, you are still uh, you have a prior planning team, but you're also still very human based. Um, what do you see, I guess, as the future uh, of financial planning and wealth bondages role in that uh, as you look ahead, right? Um, as digital becomes more prominent, do you move into that space? Is there a middle ground to be occupied? Mm. Yeah, I'll start first because the thing when you talk about digital AI is actually idams. <laughs> so you do the preface and yeah, then it goes preface, from there. Okay. Yeah. okay, so personally, uh, I don't see AI or digital as a competitor. Mm. I think they are, they are there to complement because there are things that still need human touch, the emotional side. Because, okay, uh, let's, let's, let's just take a step back, mm-hmm. okay? Does, okay, when we talk about financial planning, so we talk about managing your finance as well. Okay, who doesn't know that you should spend less than what you earn? I think everybody knows that. Okay, yeah. who knows that you shouldn't be taking on debts? Everybody. Okay, <laughs> who knows that you shouldn't be putting your money into scams? Mm. Everybody. Mm. Okay, then, but the question is why you hear every day that people are in debt issues, people uh, got scammed from their hard earned savings, all that. Okay, so the question is, would then AI digital would be able to help that? No, it won't because you're talking about human behaviors. You're talking about psych- their, their psychology or their preference when dealing with money because how they grew up, how they view money, things like that. So this then requires a human interaction to basically explain to them, to show to them, to understand from their point of view also why certain things are happening so that you can then give Solutions that maybe is not ideal, but it works. Whereas when you talk about AI, things like that, so you're talking about, okay, this is the ideal scenario. You follow the ideal scenario, but it might not work for that person because it doesn't take into account the emotional aspects of it. The behavioral aspect, right? Because if theory worked, we'd all be uh, billionaires with ad, with uh, washboard abs. I think that's the saying yeah. from uh, <laughs> I think it was Tim Ferriss who wrote this years and years ago. Um, are you look? Uh, have you been integrating these technological advancements into the the business? I think uh, what we're doing a lot of is with our coaching and, uh, and training. Mm. Uh, one of the things that we were exploring is. Um, using AI to understand like for example you 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 transcribe uh, 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 what we call a discussion right yeah uh, I think zoom has has this right now right uh, where after a meeting they send you a summary of the meeting right so I think that's very helpful because at that point in time you you kind of use AI to help you like uh, catch certain things or at least um, uh, f- uh, see where where the discussion uh, headed, or what are the things that was important for the client, which you might have missed out when uh, when you're not uh, when you're not uh, uh, writing down notes or whatever, right? Uh, so I think a lot of our planners now, I, I would say maybe 50, 60 percent are meeting online, right? 
uh, and and that's where we can see like tools like AI, generative AI can help because they do the the meeting summary. They they can give you uh, more details in terms of what was discussed and and allows you to so like like go back to the client and say okay this is what we discussed this is what we we needed you to do and and all that so i think you know especially with the mco this is something positive that came out of that where you know we were a- were able to service more and more people along with this help from from ai allowing us to give better advice and and at least making sure that we have all the bases covered the three of you have been, uh, including Sam, have been running this firm for seven, eight years now. Um, what does the future of Wealth Vantage Advisory look like? Uh, it's still early days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're seven, eight years, like Rafik mentioned, we're still at uh, just after the first phase of, you know, putting things in place and we're still growing, you know. And I just feel like there's so much room, headroom for us to grow with new people coming in and 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 clients to experience our service you know at at a certain point uh, we have i mean at this at this point even we have clients all over uh, sorry uh, advisors all over malaysia right and they're starting to build up we ha- we're building up the northern team now uh, we have the sabah and sarawak we also have a office already uh, expand uh, in in kota kinabalu Right, so it's one of the the growth areas that we see. So uh, we're still very early days. I mean, I'm sure that if if you want to talk about the the future that we envision, at the very least, I feel like we we should have a uh, an office in every state. I mean, <laughs> that makes the most sense, right? But uh, uh, like I mentioned, it uh, I think a lot of people need this service, need financial planning. They ha- they just haven't received the right. Uh, they haven't experienced the right service yet, you know, and I feel that WellVantage can bring them that service offering. Yeah. Uh, Rafa, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, so uh, I think I just want to add one more thing uh, to what Ijaham said. So, and uh, if we go back to WVA's vision, we want to be the firm of choice uh, for advisors, for clients, for staff. So basically, people would choose us for me. So how I would translate that for laymen, uh, I also ask this, okay, when you talk about banking services in Malaysia, okay, what would be the one or two banks that you would think about when you talk about banking services? Let's not name names mm. here, right? But I want people, when people talk about financial planning in Malaysia, like a few years from now, the first name that will always come to their mind is Wealthvantage Advisory. So that's my future vision in terms of uh, the company. Longer term, um, at some point you will need to retire, <laughs> whether that's ten or twenty years down the road. Um, do you see a place where you know this is a um, M&A kind of situation? Do you want to IPO this company at some point, or is that something that's still TBD? I think uh, we are not closing off any potential outcomes. Ah. Okay, so we do get uh, inquiries on every year on whether we would like to merge or we would like to be acquired, things like that. We recently also in the past, like two, three weeks, we got from a startup saying, okay, do you want to partner with us, things like that. So which 
I genuinely, I, I just laugh it off because I, I, I tell Sam uh, and Idham and Steve, our other partner who came in later, it's like, okay, if let's say the offer doesn't come starting with nine figures, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm just saying it needs to start with nine figures, mm. but even then that doesn't mean we're going to sell. Mm. Okay. So, and uh, I've also said this to anyone who, who want to hear. So to be honest, I don't see what I do now as job as a mm, job mm. I see it more as somebody, something that I enjoy to do as a hobby as a hobby that pays so I think I have the best of both worlds here and I will continue to do what I'm doing now not running the company but financial planning itself until people s- stop wanting to engage me so as long as there are Malaysians out there or individuals out there who are willing to engage me as a financial planner, I will be more than willing to continue doing this. But if any point, like, no one wants my services anymore, then I'll just uh, potentially sit down if the company is still around and I still have shares in the company for whatever reason, right? <laughs> then I'll just take the dividends and just, like, rest. Probably, hopefully, Idham and Sam is still around and we can have chit-chats about uh, how we started and where we are, things like that. Yeah, so, the good old days. Yeah, the good old <laughs> days. Yeah, so uh, that's, I think, I think that's that's from my point. Uh, because it's, it's too early to, to say... Uh, it might be like once we get to the point, okay, certain things might change. So certain regulations might come in. So we do not know because I think from the regulation point of view, also mm. it's evolving mm, mm, because mm. it's something relatively new because as you said earlier, so most of starting financial planning is agency-based. So the regulations also stem from there. Uh, we've had sessions where we we uh, had open sessions with the regulators in terms of uh, to share how we practice things like that and we're getting understanding, okay, so this is how it should be moving forward. So we do expect regulations are going to evolve. So that might also change certain ways of how we operate. So... I can't give you a direct answer. No, no, for that. sure. And again, like you said, it's early. Uh, although it is still early, any ambitions to list the company someday? Oh, if if only. <laughs> <laughs> if only, yeah. So, yeah, I, you can see like all, all people who have startups and etc. So that's that's their own goal, okay? Mm. How to exit, things like that. But to me, and I think I believe Idaham and Sam, we are looking to create value. Mm. So we're not just looking to create value for our shareholders, but uh, looking to create value for uh, Malaysians in general. So because if... Uh, just now I think you were joking like, okay if everybody knows what to do they'll be billionaires right? mm-hmm. so we're hoping to create at least a generation of multi-millionaires uh, in the future so that people so maybe in the future we don't have this classification of T20 M40 B40 anymore mm. because everybody's a millionaire <laughs> yeah. uh, gentlemen it's been a pleasure speaking to both of you I wish you all the best going ahead uh, thank you so much for your time thank, thank you, you. Folks, I've been speaking with Rafik Hidayat, Managing Director of Wealth Vantage Advisory, as well as Adam Idris, Director at Wealth Vantage Advisory. If you miss any part of this conversation, you can catch the full podcast on the BFM app or bfm.my. Our shows are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other podcast players. Just look up Open for Business. I'm Roshan Kennison. You've been listening to Open for Business. Up next is Resource Center. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Are you open for business? Register your company with BossBalay.com, Malaysia's first online company secretary. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.